0: Hey, before we get into the message, I wanna take a moment and tell you about something special happening here at Union. We are in the middle of our limitless initiative. As a church, we're beginning construction on our headquarters in Bowie, Maryland. This is a state-of-the-art facility that will seat 2,400 people and serve as the central hub of all things Union Church. Our vision is to launch more campuses in both the DMV and beyond, ensuring that there's a life-giving community within driving distance of as many people as possible. Hey, would you consider partnering with our Limitless Initiative 100% of your contribution will go directly to our mission of uniting people to purpose and helping people know a God that loves them more than they can imagine. Here's what I know. God doesn't respond to our giving. God responds to our obedience. Will you spend time praying? Ask God what he would have you give and obey. And as you do, he's gonna respond with immeasurably more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. You can give by clicking on the link in the description or going to theunionchurch.com forward slash limitless. All right, let's jump into today's message. I'm excited. All right, Exodus chapter 16, Exodus chapter 16, chapter 16, verse 4. Uh, Today's message is not about fasting, uh, but it is called one meal is enough. One meal, one meal, one meal, one meal is not enough. Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, and it reads, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will make it rain. Somebody say make it rain. Come on now. God was making it rain. Okay, stop. (laughs) Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may somebody say test them. Whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. I'm going to skip to verse 17, and it reads, Then the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more and some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it till the... In other words, hey, God put manna out every single morning and he said, just take enough for today. Don't worry. God says, I'm going to provide for you tomorrow. You just make sure you have enough for today. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses' But some of them left part of it until tomorrow. Some of us struggle with that. We know God has provided today, but we don't trust that he's going to provide tomorrow. We know that God has been good today, but we don't trust that he's going to be good tomorrow. So here's what we do. We hedge our bet. God, I'm not really going to tithe because even though you gave me this job, I don't know if you're going to provide for tomorrow. So I'm going to make sure I hold on to, I'm going to look out for me. And guess what happened? It bred worms and it sank. Just lean over your neighbor and be like, <laughs> And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man, according to his need. And by the time the sun became hot, that's a revelation there. It melted. Father God, we're grateful. God, we're thankful for this moment on the beginning of this year to honor you, to celebrate you. God, we have no idea what March, April, May, June, September of this year, but you do. And God, you're there already and you call it good. So we surrender our life, our year, this moment to you. Speak like only you can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Come on, somebody shout me a good Amen. We are we're kicking off a uh, a series today called The Word Became Flesh. The Word Became Flesh. It's actually from one of my favorite verses in scripture, and that's John chapter 1, verse 14. And it says this: and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. And truth, John tells us that Jesus is the Word in flesh. I, and I'm I'm not even exaggerating this. Probably one of my greatest loves is the Word of God. You, well, you're a pastor; you're supposed to love the Word. That's what your job is. No, even before I was called to preach this thing, the way the Bible has healed me, inspired me put faith in me, opened my eyes, taught me how to manage my marriage and my money and my kids. It has literally brought prosperity to every single area of my life. And I've been praying over this series, not just that I would teach you how to read the Bible and understand the Bible, but I'm praying that an impartation takes place and that you would fall in love with God's word over these next few weeks. Somebody say, I want that in my life. And my prayer is that the word would become flesh to you. What what do I mean by that? A lot of people have scripture memorized. A lot of people can quote Bible. They just can't point to it in their life. A lot of people can say, he shall keep in perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed upon the Lord. But they're pulling their hair out they're stressed out out of their mind, losing it, can't sleep at night, and they know the verse, but they can't see it manifested in their life. And Jesus said, no, 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 I want the word to become flesh. I don't want it to be something that you read and memorize. I want it to be something that you live and experience in your life. Somebody say, amen. It's one thing to say the Bible says no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. It's a completely different thing to say, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at it. God has not withheld one good thing from my life as I've honored him and walked according to his purpose. I want you not to memorize the Bible. I want you to experience it in every single area of your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. The other thing about the Bible is the Bible is not just words. The Bible is God. And a lot of us claim to love someone that we don't even know. And as we know his word, we begin to know him. We begin to realize that he's good. That he's loving, that he's kind, that he's locked in on us in ways that we could never Comprehend, but today we're starting off with just the thought of one meal isn't enough. One meal, one meal isn't enough. There, there's this uh, a marketing campaign that has been running. I'm, I'm 36, almost 37, y'all. I'm getting old. My back hurt. My neck hurt. It's it's getting bad. But anyway. I would say it's probably been running for 30 plus years because I remember being a kid and seeing this commercial on TV. And when I say the phrase, you're going to know what company it is. The phrase is you're not yourself when you're you watch the same million times. And what commercial is that? Grab a grab a Snickers. It's Snickers candy bar commercial, and the whole idea is that when you're hungry, you turn into a different person. And over the last 30 years, they've had 25,000 different iterations of this commercial, but it's somewhere along the lines of a person is acting like a monster. Sometimes they turn into a monster. Sometimes they turn into a diva. Sometimes they're just, they're extra. And whoever's around them says, hey, that's not really who you are. And they hand them a Snickers because Snickers fix every problem in life, right? At least according to this marketing campaign. And as soon as they bite that Snickers, they calm down. They turn back into themselves because the idea is that hunger changes you. What's wild is that commercial ain't half bad. Because I've been around some of y'all when y'all was hungry. And it's so bad, we even came up with a word for it, hangry. Hangry means I'm so hungry, I'm angry. So don't, don't, don't talk to me, okay? There's not a moment to have... You ever been hungry and somebody want to have a deep conversation? <laughs> I know this ain't a marriage series. I'm not trying to start stuff. But I'm hungry, you ask me how my day was. Listen, after I get through these chicken wings and fries, I tell you everything you want to know. Just let me eat for a mo- Come on now. Mothers, you love your kids. Y'all never had this problem. Where my dad's at? You ever sat down in front of a plate of food and them little gremlins? What you eating? Nothing. <laughs> Can I have some? Where's your mother? <laughs> no, it's mine. Um, no, seriously. We, we, we change when we're hungry. Some of us literally, we get sluggish. We're not as sharp. Some of us are irritable. Some of us get dizzy. Some of us have physical health responses to not having enough food in us. And hear me, we understand the concept when it comes to physical food. But we don't make the connection when it comes to spiritual food. Here, come on, where am my saints that? I was gonna get around to the Bible. Don't worry, we were, we were gonna get there. So it's not a coincidence that when God brought Israel out of captivity, out of Egypt, he brings them across the Red Sea. It parts and they walk through on dry ground. The enemy comes and chases them down and God closes those waves over. The, they see their enemy no more. The second they're on the other side, you know the first thing Israel said was we hungry it's like you're taking a four or five hour road trip with your kids you get every diaper change backpack everybody goes to the bathroom you put them in a the car as soon as you make a turn we're hungry you don't sit back there and fast <laughs> i don't have time to preach it but if you read back in exodus 4 as soon as god delivered them they started to complain And they said, we wish we were back in bondage. Hunger will make you say some crazy stuff. I miss my ex. Have you lost your mind? (laughs) Listen, we're coming for blood in 2024. They just got out of slavery. The first time they got hungry, they said, God, we wish we were back in Egypt. At least we had bread back there. At least we had pots of which all of it was a lie. But hear me, hunger will give you amnesia and have you reinvent history. God says, here's what I'll do. I'm going to give you fresh bread from heaven every single morning. He said, when you wake up in the morning, the ground is going to be covered with manna. You you, you know what what manna means in the original language? It's actually hilarious. In the original Hebrew, the word manna means, what is this? (laughs) Not everything in the Bible is deep. Some of the stuff, they were like, what is this? God said, it is bread from heaven. You don't ever have to worry about being hungry, God said. I'm going to make sure that you have bread every morning. And then every evening, there's going to be quail. There's going to be meat for you to eat. But here's what God said. He said, me giving you bread every morning. Yes, I'm feeding you, but I'm also testing you to see if you can trust what comes out of my mouth more than the circumstance you're looking at. And he said, this bread is going to be a type, a shadow, a prophetic picture. Here's what he he said. I am the bread. When he put manna on the ground every single morning, it represented the word of God. Bible says this in John chapter six, verse 51. It is Jesus speaking. He said, I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, watch this, you're going to live forever. That could be nothing other than Jesus himself, because only Jesus can make us live forever. Somebody say amen. Amen. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. John chapter 1 verse 1 says this, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Don't miss this. And the word was God. That bread that he gave Israel every morning was a prophetic picture of the revelation waiting on you when you wake up every morning in your word. God says, I've given you bread every morning so that your spirit man won't starve. The question is, you you, you know, they say you can lead, lead a man to water, but you can't make him. God says, I can provide bread for you. But what I can't guarantee is, are you going to eat it? Let me give you just three quick thoughts, three quick thoughts about the word of God. The first thought is this, without bread, we starve. Without bread, we starve. We recognize the, the physical ramifications of not eating. We recognize that we'll get dizzy, we'll get irritable. We're not going to be as sharp in our decision-making. We, if, if you go too long without eating, you actually begin to lose muscle mass. If you go a little bit longer, your organs begin to break down. They said, actually, the physical body can only make it about two to three months with no food. You have about 60 to 90 days of not eating as long as you're drinking water before you die. We we know how vital it is to eat physically, but are we making the same connection to eating spiritually? Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three says this, so, so, so he humbled you. God said, I allowed you to be hungry so that I could feed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man shall not live off of physical bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. God says, I've got to teach you, it's not just your physical nourishment you need to focus on. But you need to focus on your spiritual nourishment. Let's take like a little Bible class. Okay, you ready? Genesis 1, 26, 27. Let us make man in our image, in image of God. He made them male and female. We were made to look like God. Look at your neighbor and say, just look at me, just look at me, just look at me. You, just come on, if you, you, you were wondering what God looks like. Just come on, kiss you, you a glimpse. Tracking? God is one God manifested three ways. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If God is one and manifests in three ways and you were made in his image, you are one. You should also manifest in. Somebody said, I was made in his image. So what are the three parts of you? There's the physical, your flesh. There's your spirit that lives forever. And then there's your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Tracking with me? So God is one, manifest in three. You are one, manifest in three. Your flesh, your spirit, and your soul. Why do we only feed one of us? Why do we only watch how much we diet and what we put in our body and how many preservatives and calorie count when it comes to our physical body? It's January. The gym is packed. All you losers marking around with your jug of water. (laughs) Got you a little upgrade, went on Amazon, bought the one with the timestamps. It's four in the afternoon, water says it's 8 a.m. We worry about what we put in our physical body because summer is coming and that beach is roofless, but we don't really think, what am I putting in my soul? When, 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 when I'm physically hungry, I get a little cranky. What do you do when you're spiritually hum- hungry? Maybe you start yelling at your spouse. Maybe you start snapping at your kids. And you think it's a long day. What you don't know is that your soul is starving. Now, seriously, what, 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 do, you, what do you do when your soul's hungry? When, when, when my body's hungry and I haven't eaten in a long time, I actually get headaches those headaches will turn into migraines. What many of us don't realize is when we're facing decisions to make, and for some reason, I've got all the information, and I just can't figure out what I want to do. I just can't make a decision. I keep on delaying it, delaying it, and delaying Some of us are not able to make the connections. That's a sign that my soul is starving Because the Bible says I have the mind of Christ. So if I have the mind of Christ, my mind should be sharp. I should be able to make this decision quickly, but not when I'm hungry. Can I I give you one sign that you're starving spiritually? When you're not excited about reading your Bible. (laughs) That don't even make any sense. If I'm hungry spiritually and the Bible is bread, I should be excited about eating. How is my lack of excitement about the word indication that I'm starving? You're not excited for what you haven't had. My goodness. So Come on, sir. Come on. Come on, huh? Come on, yeah. <laughs> Mommy, I want McDonald's. No, there's food at home. No, I want McDonald's. Well, you're just not what'd your mama teach you hungry people aren't picky come on now so my pickiness is an indication i'm not hungry i'll wait for my reservation i'm not going to snack on tiktok to feed myself I'm not going to snack on CNN or Fox News or Facebook or Twitter, which is now X, but whatever. (laughs) Listen, when you're hungry, you're not picky. You'll eat from anything. You'll eat from the gossip of your friend. You'll eat from this foolishness and that foolishness and this foolishness. But when you're not hung, no, 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 no. Hear me. There's a T-bone steak waiting for me at Ruth Chris. And I'm going to skip lunch, matter of fact, because I'm so excited about the meal that has been prepared for me. The fact that I'm starving means I don't want the Bible. I want any thing. And we know how to see the signs of us being hungry physically. We don't know how to see the signs of us being hungry spiritually. And here's the, this is why God said that the natural is a mirror or a picture of the spiritual because we see what happens in the natural, but we're not able to connect the dots to the spiritual. What happens when somebody has a trash diet? Come on now. That's why there's so many government programs and all, we've got to get healthy food in impoverished areas. We've got to make sure that hungry people eat properly, because if they don't eat properly, hunger was just the first issue. Now, the second issue is all the blood issues and heart issues and obesity issues and all that other kind of stuff that comes when you fill your hunger with whatever is available. We know bad eating leads to disease, but what we don't connect the dots with is bad spiritual feeding leads to spiritual disease. And then we wonder why life takes us out. Here's what Job said Job said in 20, Job chapter 23, verse 12, he says, I have not departed from the Bible. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. Watch this. I have treasured God's words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job said, I think more about taking in God's word than I think about where my next meal is coming from. No, ma- no wonder why he was able to get through all that tragedy and never curse God and never abandon God and never turn his back on God because he was feeding his spirit man more than he was feeding his flesh. Second thing is this, write this down, write this down. The bread, the bread is fresh every morning. It, okay, don't judge me. I like to eat. I know I don't look like I like to eat, but y'all, yeah, I like to eat. And 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 I get it. They have a great menu. There's all this different type of food and all that kind of stuff. There's some Michelin star. I still like Cheesecake Factory, y'all. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hold you. Cheesecake, bro. Listen, their menu is like a Bible. I mean, there's 17,000 different pages you can pick from. One of the reasons I like Cheesecake Factory is because the fresh bread that comes out. Listen, they come out and listen. You know you have a good waiter when they ask you which bread you want. Don't waste my time with that nasty sourdough. You think think I got dressed, got my kids out the house for some sourdough? Get that out of here. What's the bread that that we all, pumpernickel? Is that what what it's called? I don't know what it is. It's just bread from heaven. That brown bread, whatever it is. And I need it hot, so when you cut it and you put the butter in, that butter just, oh. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Listen. Probably shouldn't be preaching about food in the middle of a fast, but we're going to be all right. There's something about fresh bread, and God said, I'm trying to teach you how to read my words, so let me help you out with something. I'm not going to put out enough manna for the whole week. I'm just going to put out enough manna for this morning, and He said, by the time the sun gets up, it would have melted. It's his morning bread, fresh. Hear me at the beginning, because I'm trying to teach you how to read your Bible. Okay, we're going, we're going, somebody help us. Somebody say help us, help us, help us. Okay, let's not get into legalism. Okay, legalism is, if I don't do this, God hates me. That, that, that That ain't Bible. If I don't do this, I'm cursed. That ain't Bible. Does it make sense? Principles are, I'm not cursed if I don't, but this is the best way to do it. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Your Bible reading was meant for the morning. It, it wasn't meant for your lunch break. You can read your Bible again for lunch. You, you can read your Bible again before you go to bed. But the manna came out in the morning. Can, can, can I help you why you need your Bible in the morning? Because there's something in that fresh bread that is going to prepare you for the next 12 hours of life you're about to face. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse four. For the word of God is living. Yeah. Well, I think I'm the Bible's about 2,000 years old and it has about 40 different authors. Can I help you out? The Bible does not have 40 different authors. It has one author. It has 40 different writers, but the Holy Spirit dictated every word of that to that writer. And the Bible is not 2,000 years old. It is living and active, powerful. of this sharper than any two edged sword, piercing in the division, watch this, of soul and spirit. When you read the Bible in the morning, it will tell you whether this is emotion or God. Come on now. Can we just be real? Don't let your spouse know because they, but you ever ask yourself, am I overreacting? You ever had that thought? Come on. Now. Am I the only one? Why am I so angry? Am I overreacting? The Bible will tell you every morning. No, you're not overreacting. That's a spiritual attack. Or no, you're being triggered from something in your past. You're over- it divides between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. Here's what God knows. Every day has new challenges. Every day has new decisions. Every day has new attacks from the enemy. Every day has new blessings from God. And before you go out to face this day, the Holy Spirit wants to give you a cheat sheet the Holy Spirit wants to say, hear me, when you go to work today, you're going to get fired and you're going to think that it's a curse. No, 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 it's a blessing, baby. Hear me, just hear me, just hear me. I've got something so much better for you than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Now watch this. If you skipped your word that morning, skipped your time in the presence of God, and then you walk into that termination, you will lose your ever-nother mind. Watch this, and you will curse a blessing. Just because God didn't do it in a way you thought he was going to do it, and you didn't meet with him to find out what he was doing, you're in it, losing your mind, and watch it now you're making a whole bunch of decisions, thinking it's an attack from the enemy, and God's like, no, you're messing up my blessing. God, how should we pray? Give us this day. Our daily bread. Come on now. Oh, I'm getting in trouble, Ms. Antoinette. Can can I preach for a second? This message has a shelf life. This ain't going to work for you tomorrow morning. This isn't enough bread to last you your whole week. You've got to get in your word for your day. God, what do you have for me so, so, here's what God said. He said, "I'm, I, I, want them to get this principle." So, every single day in the tabernacle, in God's temple, they had this table of acacia wood, and they would put what they called the showbread. And God said, "It must be fresh." Every day there was fresh bread. In let me read this. First Samuel chapter 21 verse says, I got so much Bible. This is the first day of the year." And I, okay, we're in this time. Okay, calm down. It's David. David running for his life from Saul because Saul was trying to kill him. So David and his mighty men, they run for their life, and they didn't have time to grab food. So they come to the temple, and they say, we're starving. Do you have anything to eat? And the priest says, we don't have anything but the holy bread. Look what he says, 1 Samuel 21, verse 6. So the priest gave him holy bread. For there was no bread there, but the showbread, which had been taken from before the Lord, in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. So the priest said, give him the holy bread. No! No human is allowed to eat the holy bread. It's supposed to sit as an example of a fresh... Here's what the priest said. (laughs) He can have that bread, because there's fresh bread baking That we're gonna put right back on that table. Don't, don't, David and his men, he can have that because there's more bread coming. What was God saying? He said, I need a new loaf every single morning to make sure that they know that every morning there is a revelation, there is a word from God that is waiting on you for that day. Give us this day our daily bread. All right, let me teach you really quickly how to read your Bible. I'm going to give you point number three, and then we're going to land this plane because the first message of the first service of the first Sunday has to end on time. <laughs> so we say, help them, Jesus. Okay, let's get real practical for a second. I'll give you point number three. We'll be done. Okay, first thing is this. Pick the right translation. Some of y'all grandmas, God bless your grandma. She gave you the family Bible. That joint is about as thick, thick as the U.S. Constitution. You go home today, you gonna to crack that thing open, and it's gonna say, "Thus saith the Lord." And Moses begat. Listen, if you see the word "begat," that ain't the one for you. Do you want to feel spiritual or you want to be spiritual? Dragon. So you need to get something that you can understand. I preach out of the New King James Version because it is a word-for-word translation, and it's the most accurate way to interpret Scripture. During my quiet time, I'll read New King James. Sometimes I'll read NIV. Sometimes I'll read NLT. Sometimes I'll write ESV. (laughs) That using a lot of initials. I think you should read NIV. If you've never read the Word of God before, I think NIV, so pick translation, step number one. Step number two, pick a Bible reading plan. Can I teach you how to read your Bible? Do it the same way you're fasting. If you've never read the Bible daily, not once, daily before, don't do the one-year Bible. That's seven chapters of the Bible. Every, that's what I do every year, and it gets me through the Bible in a whole year. But if you've never read that, don't start there. Start with the book of John. And I'm gonna read one chapter, John one. Today is what's what's today, y'all? January 7th. Today I'm reading John 7. Tomorrow I'm reading John 8. I'm gonna read one chapter of the Bible a day and then move on from there. Maybe I'm gonna read one Psalm and then one Matthew. And the gospels or Adam Proverbs or what and then work your way up to, okay, now I'm gonna read the entire Bible in one year, which is about five to seven chapters every year. Consistent. What okay. Calm down. If I have a steak meal and never eat for the next 90 days versus a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day, what's going to sustain me longer? Make sense? We're going to get you to read the whole Bible in three months. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. But let's just start with reading it every day. Make sense? Step number three, schedule it. If it ain't on your calendar, it ain't going to happen. What do I need for? It? I need a time and I need a place. What time am I spending with God? And where will I be uninterrupted by those little humans that I made? <laughs> Somebody said it's getting stressful raising my grandparents' <laughs> grandkids, <laughs> or my parents' and grandkids. Time and place. Tracking with me? Now here's what you need to do: worship first. Spend three, four minutes, turn on a song you hear in church and worship God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit reveals the word to me. The Holy Spirit's not with me as I'm reading. I'm going to be looking like, what? Don't yoke an oxen with a donkey? What in the world does that mean? Yoke an oxen? I don't even have a donkey, oxen, or yoke. And then when the Holy Spirit's in the room and says, hey, don't do business with shady people. Oh, that's what it meant. He's a donkey. I'm an oxen. We. (laughs) The Holy Spirit will bring the word to life for you. Yeah. Worship, by the Holy Spirit, read the word, and then pray. Always pray last. Someone should be rushing in. God, I got to pray. Stop doing that. Can I, can I just give you some practical stuff? The most important person always speaks first. That'll, that'll hit you. That'll hit you on the way out the door. When you meet with God, let him talk first. And then after he said what he has to say, because I, I promise you what he has to say is going to change what you got to say. Yeah. Amen. amen. Sean, you know we're over time. Go ahead. Write this down. It's all in your diet. It's all in your diet. It's all in your diet. It's all. Point number three. It's all in your diet. Okay. Fasting is to hear from God. Somebody say Amen. But I love, like, the health ramifications, too. I got a six-pack for 21 days a year. (laughs) It's this moment right now. I'm excited because I I don't drink soda for 21 days. I don't drink juices for 21. Listen, by by day 21, (sighs) Now, by the second week of February, gone. (laughs) See you next year. (laughs) When you get around fitness people, they'll tell you, Abs... Are made where? Come on, I got a bunch of fitness losers in the room. Abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. What are they trying to say? You can work out as much as you want, but your diet dictates what you see. You can have all this. This is like a fitness shaming message. You can have all this muscle hidden behind bad eating. Come on now. But if I eat right, I'm going to start seeing the results of my work in the gym. Hear me. If my diet dictates what I see on my physical body, how much more does my diet not dictate what I see in my spiritual life? We throw throw three quick verses at you. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says this. The Bible, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you will do what it says Hey, don't just read it, do it. Observe to according to all that is written. Watch this. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. John chapter six, verse 31 says this. Our fathers ate manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, "Most assuredly I say to you, Moses, watch this, did not give you the bread from heaven. Jesus listen. Moses gave you bread from heaven, not the bread from heaven. Go back, go back, go back, go back. Y'all lost me. Ah. He didn't give you the bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then he said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Watch this. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. We use words in culture and we have no idea how spiritual they are. When people are desperate, we call them thirsty. Thirsty for a relationship. Thirsty for money. Thirsty to be known. You're not thirsty. You're starving for Jesus. And if you eat the bread of life, you will hunger and thirst no more. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says this. Stop doing what the world does. It don't work. But to stop doing what the world does. By the way, there's a new translation of the Bible coming out. It's called the New International Stephen Version. It's, It's the one I'm reading right now. Stop doing what the world does. It doesn't work. But in order to stop doing what the world does, you've got to change the way you think. How do I change the way that I think? i got to change my diet from culture to the word of God, to what daddy taught me about women, to what God's word says about women to what mama taught me about money, to what God's word teaches me about money, to what life taught me about who I can trust, to what the word of God teaches me about who I can trust. I've got to change the way that I think. And then I will test and prove, whoa, whoa, everything that God said is true. His good, pleasing, and perfect will will come to pass in my life. God is saying, hey, if you want a joy-filled life, change your diet. If you want to stop worrying about how you're going to pay your bills and have more than enough, change your diet. If you want to stop yelling and screaming at each other and build a marriage that God's called, change your diet. He said, what you see out here is dictated on what you in take. We got three more weeks of this, so I got to do it all in one day. But here's your assignment just for the next seven days. Every morning, read God's word. Pastor, I'm busy, one verse you can do one verse I, I only can do one verse okay Psalm do that tomorrow morning Psalm 1 next day Psalm 1 2 I could do, you can do one chapter. what just every day I'm gonna feed myself the Word of God and see what seven days will do to you amen, amen. father God we're grateful God we're thankful that you are the bread of life And God, you said as we focus on you, we will be like trees planted by streams of living water. Just you, Arthur, you could pray this prayer and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And give God a moment to make this moment, to make this message personal to you. Some of you, (laughs) you're going to realize really quickly, it's hard to read a book about somebody you don't know personally. Because the Bible, it reveals Jesus. And what it's going to tell you before you even read it is it all starts, ends, in the middle. is Jesus. So my question for you today is, do you have Jesus in your life? Do you have the one that loves you, the one that died for you? And the one that has ordered every step of your life going forward for your good. What a way to start a year than to start it with Jesus. So wherever you find yourself, you say, Pastor, I I can't say Jesus is a servant of life. Or maybe this is a time where you're coming back to your relationship with God. This is your moment. Right where you're sitting, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for being life, for being purpose. I believe... You died on the cross. You shed your blood for my sin, my mistakes to be erased. In this moment, I surrender. I give you all of me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on. Can you celebrate for every single person that made the greatest decision ever?